on and off the field with Durf and Dylan is back for another Thursday episode. Whoo! I'm tired. I'm yeah. trying to get myself pumped. I really tried there. <laughs> that was my A effort for today. All right. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Expectations are low, but we're going to fight through it regardless. Yeah. We're going to do some mock draft recap from Tuesday's episode. If you tuned into that, we got um, everybody except Matt's, I think, mock draft. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Ryan's. I don't have Ryan's either. So we have four out of the six that drafted with us on Tuesday that we're going to kind of tear apart a little bit. We're bringing Kyle back on the show to help us out. Should be a really good time. Uh, Before that, obviously, we got our other, since we basically did no other sports and no NFL news on Tuesday, (laughs) we got a lot to talk about. So how about we get to it and we'll start out the show by telling you where to share, subscribe, follow, like. Do yeah, all that. All that. So real quick here, just because we got so much news to get to, make sure to follow On and Off the Field on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as our YouTube channel, where you can get uncut episodes, our live shows, like right now, and other great content. Make sure to head on over to iTunes and rate and review the show, and let us know how we're doing and what you like or dislike about the show. You can find all these links at onandoffthefield.com along with our fundraising efforts and to learn more about Dylan, myself, and the show. And while you're on the interwebs, head on over to rtfsportsnetwork.com where you can catch On and Off the Field on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And while you're on the RTF Sports Network, website head on over to all the blogs that we have on there we have some really great writers and some really great blogs to read there so head on over and get reading yes sir it's a lot of great stuff um we just got done you know rebranding a little bit not really rebranding but more of mm-hmm. um updated the slots a lot of, of our top shows doing more shows now uh, i don't strike out beers they're doing like strikeout beer and then also um, their late night beer review, uh, just really good stuff. It's a yeah. good, it's a great, it's a great network. It's growing a lot of good stuff going on. So make sure you're tuning into all of that, that Durf just informed you of current charities, feeding American to boys and girls club of America and boys and girls club of America is where the money's going to go. If you join our fantasy football league, which I think we have two more spots open for our, at least a 12 man league. Yeah. At least a 12 man league. Uh, I, I would like to like, it'd be cool if we do multiple leagues. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just more money for charity. That's all it that really matters. I mean, yeah. I'm not really in this to like, Oh, we got to get all the people on board so we can make some dough. <laughs> it's not really, that's no, not our not goal here. Us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking, uh, the draft date might be, um, a Thursday, the twenty seventh, two weeks from now, maybe. Are you it might be the twenty seventh. Heck yeah, because my vacation begins the twenty eighth. So I'm. Th- I should. We should be able to draft the twenty seventh, and then I'm out the door. So I think that's going to be the date. I'll let everyone know when that's official. But as of right now, it's probably the twenty seventh. Roll with that. All right. Know. 
it might change. It's sub- <laughs> everything's subject to change. So. Yep. All right, and that's really all we got. All that money goes to Boys and Girls Club of America. So honestly, it's twenty dollars buy-in. If you want to do forty, fifty, you got deep pockets. Just go the full thousand to meet our goal. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Why not? But yeah, that's basically it for that. We're gonna get the show really started here. We're gonna rock and roll straight into the thing. We still don't have another good transition for the other sports. We should have had that ready for season three, but yeah. For other sports, we have to start with college football. Mm-hmm. We have to because we didn't talk about oh, it on yeah. Tuesday, and there's been so much going on with college football. Yeah. Um, so everyone knows because I think it happened last week. Everyone knows that the MAC, the Mid Eastern or Mid American Conference, yeah, Mid Atlantic Conference, canceled their fall sports because I think it was some Indiana team. Maybe I don't really know what team it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard the rumors of what team it might have been, and then they said they weren't going to play. So then that was just domino effect, and the MAC just canceled everything. That's kind of what happened with that conference, and then. It, it just dominoed out. This is what we expected to some mm-hmm. degree. The Pac-12 yeah. canceled their fall sports. The Big yep. Ten is also out. Uh, I think it was the Big Ten. Uh, out of the 14 schools, it was a 12-2 to 2 vote not to play mm-hmm. the fall season. Um, I think it was Nebraska and Iowa that voted to play, and we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But the Big 12, ACC, SEC, and like a bunch of those um, other schools are just floating out there like Nebraska still want to play in the fall right now. This is the tentative plan that they're still carrying forward. (laughs) So, and that kind of goes to the point with Nebraska. They're still look, they don't want to leave the Big 10. There's a lot of news that Nebraska was like mad at the Big 10. Like, I want to play, you sons of gun. And they're going to like go join the Big 12. It's not true. That was just that was just a rumor someone came up with, yeah. which is which is fine. It was a talking point for a little while. Yeah, but Nebraska is still looking to just fill a schedule. They still want to play, and I'm sure there's a couple of schools out there that want to do that with Nebraska. Um, so with with everything just dominoing the way it is, are are we going to have college football this year? And if we do. What's it really going to look like? I mean, do you have general opinions on college football this fall? I I'm not surprised that there's three of the five big power, power conferences still trying to play. Not surprised by that. Um, I definitely was like sad to hear that Big Ten was canceled, just because that's like that's Saturday that's Saturday football for me, um, but. I think it's the right thing to do. And I know there was like, there was talk about what there was in the pack 12 canceled was like literally their medical advisory board said, we don't have testing up to par. We do not have the correct PPE for all these people. And you're just going to cause more of a headache down the road. It's not worth it right now. And I a hundred percent fully agree with that. Why push something for kids that are, trying to get degrees trying to better themselves in college why are you going to now 
push for something where these kids don't get paid. So now you're going to put them even technically they're more at risk. And it's it's not it doesn't make sense to me. I you could say it's a money thing for the schools like yes they're going to take a hit. They'll they'll be fine. We all know they're going to jack tuition up in next year anyway on them. I mean, luckily I'm not in school anymore so they can do what they want, but it's not right. So um I just don't see college football lasting very long. And if it does somehow to get to the national championship, I don't think it counts. Yeah. That was like the next big question was, Mm -hmm. well, like I said, like, what's it going to look like if, if all these schools do end up playing, like, I guess if, if the big 12 ACC and SEC play, what you're looking at probably a Clemson, Alabama, Right, national championship. Like you might as well just pencil that in yep. by the sounds of it. Uh, there's really no one that's going to compete with that. Uh, it, it just boils down to money. And I know a lot of this, um, I think it was an NFL player that had their COVID test came, come back and they had an enlarged heart. Uh, I don't oh, know yeah. what the disease is called off the top of my head. I didn't yeah, write it down. I've heard it. I heard what you're talking about, but I don't remember the name. It's something like with a C. I yeah I would. I thought it might start with an A, but what do I know? Oh, then maybe we're. I mean, I'm wrong. Then I don't know. We're probably both are. Wrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like an enlarged heart, and that's like mm-hmm. it. It seems it common. It's getting more common uh, with, especially like athletes, active people. It can affect your heart, and then that someone drops dead. Simple as that. That that yeah. could happen. You could have a college football player drop dead because of a COVID side effect or symptom, whatever terminology right. you want to use and it, it, it gets into an ugly discussion of do colleges care about the safety or do they just care about their money and it kind of mm-hmm. goes hand in hand because right <laughs> well we kind of care about your safety because we can't afford a lawsuit especially with some of these right. smaller conferences <laughs> so yeah. i think it's a little bit of both mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i just don't think any of this is worth it every single day right you know covid is a virus Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like the flu. It's kind of like H1N1 back in the day. It's it it's something that evolves. It changes mm-hmm. and get and pe- I feel like people glossed over this. It's a new thing. People are showing enlarged hearts mm-hmm. recently. This is new. Mm-hmm. It's changing and it's only been a couple months. It could be a couple more months and people's arms could be falling off. It, they could have things yeah. decompose. You don't know. Right. Why yeah. are you going to risk something? You just don't know what could happen. You can mm-hmm. be in the middle of a televised game and someone's freaking heart could explode. I there's just no need. I I know right. that I know we all want sports and I don't mm-hmm. want to be the Debbie Downer here, but mm-hmm. it's just at some point, especially for these kids, it might just not be worth oh, it. Yeah. But they have the option to opt out just like the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think the NFL is a little different because it's at a professional level. It's not kids in college. Right. You know, this career at this point. Some people still go yeah. to work these days in these conditions. This is kind of like their work. So I have a different opinion when you look at NFL, but right. college, I just don't. I just don't see why this is necessary, but that's kind of where we're sitting at um, with college football. Yeah. And I, I see you uh, ask the question in here. If there's no college football, could yeah. we have NFL five days a week? Boy, oh boy. That would give be it, something. <laughs> give it to me. 
all day. I will never disagree with that. Thursday night football, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, give it to me. All of it. That would you know it could help with the NFL scheduling though if they had to flex something. Yeah. Something happened. Like it gives them more flexibility to guarantee a season happening. I mean for that All single right. reason alone, they should yeah. probably consider it. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. If, if, you know, they have to put their starting quarterback on COVID list because of maybe mm-hmm. like a false positive or something, right? you know, move it to Monday or like Sunday if they're supposed to play Thursday, whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know, give it, give it time to see if it comes back negative. It's great. Yeah. It's a great point. So moving on to the NBA. We got so much news here. I it's <laughs> it's just been such a busy week. Um, the Suns. I actually put the Suns are seven and zero in my notes, but they just got done winning today, and they're now nice. eight and zero in the bubble, completely undefeated in the bubble during this regular season play in thing. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're tied for the ninth seed, I guess, right, right. now with the Trailblazers. Memphis did win. Also today, so they're going to be like one of the seeds in the play in the play ins. It's eighth or ninth, I think. Right. Um. But yeah, uh, the uh, the Spurs have been eliminated, so that's no longer relevant. So it's either going to be Portland or the Suns playing the Grizzlies. But I, mm-hmm. whoever it is, I you would like to think it's Portland or the Suns that will win the play in game because the Grizzlies have just been. Right. It's so unfortunate. They've been decimated by injury. It sucks. Because mm-hmm. I love John Moran. I would have loved to see him get to the playoffs, but it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, I haven't I haven't paid too much attention to the Grizzlies. or I mean, I, the, I've seen the Blazers kind of lighting it up, and we've been keeping an eye on the Suns, but other than that, I haven't been paying too much attention to the Western Conference, to be honest. Yeah, the, I only watched a little bit of the Grizzlies for John Morant because I think he's the right. rookie of the year. But, okay, yeah. but that, that's really the only reason I pay attention to mm-hmm. it at all. Uh, Damian Lillard dropped 61 points, but that was against the Sixers, who didn't even have Ben Simmons. And I'm, I don't know. The Sixers, <laughs> the Sixers will be swept in their first series. I don't even care who they're playing. That team is, for some reason, we like to call the Sixers like this really good team, but they're just not. Hey everybody, just throwing in a quick commercial break for the RTF Sports Network. Enjoy the rest of the show. Like people yeah. were riding Joel Embiid like he's a superstar, but what has he done? That I, it's that's the thing though. Like that they everyone gets hyped up on the talent that that's supposedly there and it never pans out. I mean, I might be missing something. This is why it's the other sports. I could yeah. be missing something here. But I just don't see the 76ers as a team that can compete at any at the, in the playoffs at all. Right. Um, this is the one that really got me. Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, and he was <laughs> he walked up and headbutted a dude in their game on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. No, it was Tuesday, and they suspended him on Wednesday yes. yep. for today's game. <laughs> Today's game had zero impact on their seating, yep. and he probably wouldn't have played at all. Mm, he headbutted yeah. a guy. <clears throat> I watched the video. It's not that extreme, but guess what? No, he, yeah. he headbutted a guy. Right. 
you kind of need to sit him down for you know a playoff game or two would be, would have been nice to see. Mm-hmm. But he's the golden child right now of these playoffs. <laughs> he's he's their MVP, possible defensive MVP, um, or defensive player of the year. You should, I guess, I should say. Yeah, they don't they don't want him sitting, which I get. But you can't just be like, well, we need him to play, so <laughs> I guess you can headbutt whoever he wants. Whatever. <laughs> it's a pretty bad president to set. Yeah. Um, last point with the NBA. The NBA did announce that they can bring guests into the bubble. Players what? can bring people into the bubble. Now, this is limited. Mm-hmm. This is limited. They cannot bring people in that they have only had contact with virtually, which means that Instagram model that the one person invited early on in the bubble, she can't come. <laughs> it's, it's virtually limited to family, one mm-hmm. family member, and that a kid can come. They have to be like under three feet. Like, it, like you, you can only be this tall to ride. Like, you can only be this tall to, <laughs> to, to, to come into the bubble. So they're not allowed to bring models and side chicks and stuff. They can't just yeah. Be, Oh yeah, she's my sister, but you know, they're gonna go woohoo end up in the in the hotel room. So yeah. I found that interesting though, that they're gonna be at least allowing people to come. Are they gonna be able to build with games or are they just gonna sit in the hotel room? I I I would think just in the hotel room. I don't think you'd want to bring all those people to the to the the game. I mean there's not like there's not seating for them. Oh, there's no seating like, at all in there. The arena, no, yeah, the arena is set up to not have seating. Oh, I thought there they, was they like have, just bleachers covered in the corners or something. I, I didn't think. I thought there was oh, seating. Thought, they just didn't well, have it out. Maybe I know like they I, have I all the they have all the giant screens there to do right. like the virtual fans, and then like where the all the players sit is like four or five rows of where people would sit, all spaced out, so you're social distancing. So I, so don't I guess know. they're just there for moral support. Yeah, <laughs> they're just in the hotel room and just gotta be there yeah it's still good and at least it's still like a kind of like a a mood pick me up kind of for some of these players it could be tough for some of these players being away for so long like normally you go back and forth and you at least see someone every once in a while but i mean it's yeah i've been away for a while nba players have already some nba players came out and said you know it's affecting their mental health which Which, you know, here, let me throw this up real quick. Um, Surprise, Moran talks moron segment. You know, it was an NBA player came out with a quote and it hit social media and it said, you know, it's it's affecting a lot of people's mental health. You know, it's like depression, Mm -hmm. depression hit settles in for some people. Uh, They've been there for a couple of months. And I went to the comments because I'm an idiot. And people are like, oh, poor you. You're in Disneyland. And oh, poor you. You have to play basketball for four months. And I commented on it. I was like, this is why people don't talk about their mental health. This is why people kill them. This is why their suicide rates and depression rates are so high. People Mm -hmm. don't think they can talk about their mental health. Because people like that, oh, oh, you're mental. Oh, you're fine, you baby. You don't know what a person's going through. Yeah. They're isolated. They've yep. been sitting in hotel rooms. They can't do anything. Right? Yeah, they're yeah. in Orlando and there might be a pool and there's like a lake and there's things, but you're you're away from your family, you're away from everybody, mm-hmm. or you're just there. And people need to get that through their heads. Stop being a bunch of bunch of 
bad words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> upsetting. Yeah. All right. Major League Baseball. We have an official suspension out for the A's and Astros bench clearing. For those who don't know, um, the A's or the Athletics, Ramon Laureano, mm-hmm. uh, he got hit by two pitches in that game. He got hit, I think, five times A's were hit by pitches in that series, and Laureano got hit twice. So he's he was... He was mad, right. which is fair, but he never incited anything. He was just kind of like talking to the pitcher like they did a breakdown. He's like showing him how to throw a slider so he doesn't hit the pitcher, <laughs> like hit a batter. He's like sitting there like you got to like you could read his lips and see his hands. He's like, you got to flick your wrist. Like, and He wasn't saying anything bad. He gets yeah. to first base and there, this Astros coach just comes out of the dugout for no reason. Mm-hmm. It turns out to be the Astros hitting coach. And he just starts screaming at Ramon. And apparently he said some things about Ramon's mother that you're apparently not supposed to say about someone's mother. Oh, man. And and obviously, you know, Laureano just charged him. And everyone saw the picture and and the video. The hitting coach never got involved in that fight. He started it Mm -hmm. and then just like took six steps back and he he participated zero percent in that fight. Jeez. The coach was suspended 20 games and Ramon yep. was suspended six. Personally, I'm fine with Ramon's suspension. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you have to go fight the guy that's talking about your mother. I, I, I get it. Right. But you can't in these times, especially cause a yep. bench clearing. But yep. for the Astros hitting coach, mm-hmm. ju- just send them home for the season. Like you're just leave. Yeah. Or, like, you can go. You can be with practices, I guess, if you want. Mm-hmm. But you're not allowed. You're not allowed in a game. You know, you go home. That that would have been my suspension because you can't have a guy trying to incite a bench clearing brawl, right? During this season. I mean, do you have any opinions on that? I mean, just that hitting coach was a moron. I mean, to say it bluntly like that, like why would you do that? You you know everyone knows that we want they want to play baseball. Like why would you invoke someone to cause a potential scenario where everyone forgets about COVID rules and just starts wailing at each other, like bench clearing. And there's just no need for it. Like we're just yeah. trying to get a season out, just trying to get through something somewhat normal. And this guy is trying to ruin it because he's a moron. And there's no reason to even like what I don't, I don't understand what his goal was. Right. Come out there, even start yelling at me. He's, he's not even like the pitching coach. If it was the pitching coach, he's defending his pitcher. Right. And I would make this is the hitting coach. I, yeah. It, it made no sense to me personally why he even would start it. But I think generally they got the suspensions, suspensions correct. And I just yeah. got to get this out real quick. Everyone is riding this Fernando Tatis Jr. guy like he is Jesus reincarnated. He is the new face of baseball. This kid is the future. He's everything. I make it clear right now. He is talented. He's like one Mm -hmm. home run behind um, Aaron Judge. He's got like all he's good on defense. He's hitting the ball real well. Yeah, he's a good player. And maybe one day he will be the face. But guess who's still in the league? (laughs) Mike Trout is still a thing. He's still there. Mike Trout is the face of baseball, whether you like it or not. 
He might not get in front of a camera and act like he's the face of baseball, Mm -hmm. but guess what? He's the most talented player by far. And then a second point to that, they say he's the new face of baseball. He's the young star. Then we get just get done saying like Aaron Judge is the new star of baseball. Like he's the new face. Like what happened to that? Like Aaron (laughs) Judge, the new face of baseball. That died out in like a season and a half. Like we're just done with him. Whatever. Just (laughs) go just go hit more home runs. Yeah. He's like Andy with Andy and Toy Story with Woody. He just drops on the ground like I'm done with you. Like that's 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 everybody with Aaron Judge. We're done with you. Uh, that's the feeling I got. Like I'm yeah. not hating on Fernando. I just hate these trends. He's the new right. face of baseball. Why? Because he's having a good like 20 games so far into the right. season. Like I don't know. It just gets See, me hyped. It gets me rattled. Yeah, and that's just. Me, it's just media and analysts just looking for short, short, short-term hype solutions. Like you could say he's the face of baseball, but until I see it for an entire season, and from, from one season to the next, I'm not going to accept it. That's that's basically all it is. Like you can say he's a he's hot right now, like he's on a streak. Yeah, we'll go with that. He's the current pop culture guy for baseball right now like everyone's gonna be looking up this guy's stats and looking up who he is and how he's done sure face of baseball no yeah i like to be the face of baseball yeah you have to be the best player like you it's not that's not a light term you can't just say he's the face of a sport he's the guy that we want to put on a pedestal (laughs) like and he's only played a couple games. I think he might have played a little bit last year too, and might have done well. I think he played last mm-hmm. year, but not the entire year. And right. I just it get, it gets me rattled when people do that kind of stuff. Uh, for the NHL, we don't have a whole lot. It's just cruising. NHL's just cruising. Yeah. No, no COVID tests. They're just they're playing. just rocking. They're having, they're having a good time. Yeah. And then <laughs> I got to ask you this because you might have the answer to my question at the end of this. But the Lightning okay. and the Blue Jackets. Uh, the Lightning beat the Blue Jackets three to two, but they went to five overtimes. Five overtimes. <laughs> the fourth longest NHL playoff game in, in history. Mm-hmm. It was so long that it actually pushed the Bruins and Hurricanes game uh, until the next day, which started at 11 a.m., which I think the Bruins won. And then mm-hmm. Blue Jackets goalie Junas Corpisalo. Had an NHL record 85 saves. That's nuts. <laughs> that is insane. 85. I, I didn't look up how many saves the other guy had. I should have. Uh-huh. But 85 is insane. That's, that's a lot. And it's for it to only day. be a for it to only be a three to two end score, right. that just makes it that much more impressive. And then this I feel kind of a little bit bad for him because that was game one of this series. He just oh, he has to, he has to skate back out there and just do it all again, <laughs> like that was game one. Yeah, oof. So my question is, I don't know how hockey rules work. If you don't uh-huh. know, maybe Kyle knows. I thought after a couple overtimes, when do you do a shootout in hockey? I I really don't know. I know there's sometimes you'll see they'll do one overtime and then they do a shootout. I don't know, right? That's necessarily what, I what causes that. Yeah, um, like what? Oh, we have a private chat over here. Oh, oh, he says, I don't think they do it for the playoffs. They don't do shootouts for the playoffs, says Kyle. 
Oh, well, hey, I'll, I'll take it then. That's I never would have thought of that. Battle to, makes the, sense. battle to the death. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a smart decision, obviously, because now you have a five overtimes in game one. Hello, injuries. Can you say injuries? Well, that's all I'm thinking about. Well, yeah. But I mean, the Lightning and the Blue Jackets literally played an entire another game yeah. playing that game. They played It was more. like an extra four Three hours. Period. Well, yeah. Because overtimes, I think, are only, are only 10, ten minutes, think, right? Yeah. So they they played like basically in a whole other game. I was trying to do the math real quick, but I can't. So, <laughs> all righty, let's let's kind of blaze through NFL news. All right, we're not blaze through it, but we'll try and get some good topics in there. Uh, everyone knows that Darius Geis was released from the Washington Football Team over mm-hmm. the weekend because he turned himself in after being arrested with, for domestic violence charges. He was actually had, I think. Uh, back faces charges of one kind of felony strangulation and three counts of assault and battery and one count of destruction of property. Um, they all happened earlier in the year, but he, I guess somebody blew him in and he just decided to turn himself in. So, uh, <laughs> July 22nd. And then my goodness, someone took a video of himself turning himself in or something. Uh-huh. And th- the football team, Washington football team released him like a half hour after that news broke. They did not, <laughs> maybe even sooner. He turned himself in. They said he was arrested, and Washington football team was like, I <laughs> gone. Like, holy cow. Oh. I guess turning himself in maybe kind of made that process faster. Yeah, because probably. a lot of people were saying, um, you know, oh, well, he's guilty till proven innocent, I guess, releasing him before he even goes to court. The dude turned himself in. Right. Obviously, <laughs> he did something wrong. I, I think he might have done something wrong. He kind of <laughs> showed himself that he showed everyone that he's guilty just by turning himself in, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our last commercial break for the RTF Sports Network. Enjoy the rest of the show commercial free. Jaguars, edge rusher, Yannick. Nengoku parted ways with his agent after there's been there's been no success of being able to get out of Jacksonville, which is fair, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I kind of agree <laughs> with that. He's been trying to get out of there for a long time, and the fact oh, yeah. he's still there, I, I could I I've given him like three different deadlines. Oh, he'll be traded at the trade deadline. Oh, he'll be traded before the draft. Oh, he'll be traded before that. He'll be he's still there. I'm surprised Ow. he didn't opt out just because. I think he still wants to play. He wants to be on a new team, but I don't understand what's taking so long. Nobody. I think it's, I think it's Jacksonville playing the. They're stiffing them pretty good. Is what they're doing. Oh, man, there's got to be interest out there. Yeah, there has to be. But no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just shocked. I don't. Yeah. I I think he might he might sit out the season. I don't know what kind of restrictions he might have with the mm-hmm. the franchise tag being on him. Oh yeah. I, if he if he doesn't get traded. He'll probably sit out the season, I would imagine. I, I don't think he would play because he doesn't want to with Jacksonville. Right. Oh, let's see here. Yesterday, the Cowboys signed Everson Griffin to a one-year deal worth up to $6 million. Worth up to $6 million. <laughs> so what you're telling me, uh. look at me in the eyes. You're telling me <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks could not carve out up to six million dollars for this guy that's what you're that's what you're telling me that's what you're you're gonna look at me in the eyes and you're gonna tell me the seahawks couldn't carve out six mil for everson griffin 
Uh, you know, maybe maybe the CL maybe the Seahawks are like we we tried and they just didn't keep try you try for six million. <laughs> they have like, like twelve clearly... or fourteen in cap space. I think it's around twelve. I mean, it's up to six million even. Right. It's, if if he underperforms, what you pay him three, four. <laughs> Like if he would have signed oh. for 10, 11 mil, okay, fine. He's all yours. Right. Like may, I guess maybe like eight, nine range, but six million up to six that's a, million. That's a bargain deal for the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too thrilled with that. With I'm not, I'm not thrilled, <laughs> thrilled with my Seahawks there. Uh, today was extension day. Yeah, it was. Um, I think was it? I think believe it was yesterday though. Head coach Sean McDermott of the Bills got a yep. six-year extension through twenty twenty-five. Uh, it's the first time the Bills have given a contract extension to a head coach since Marv Levy. That's a, yeah. How long ago was that? About twenty-five years ago. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good sign. That's that's a great sign. I am ex- I was ecstatic when I heard about the news because for twenty-plus years, it's been two years, maybe a year, maybe up to three, and oh, there's a new head coach. Yeah. Like he he turned it around in two years, got him in the playoffs for two out of the last three years, and it's a it's a new culture there, and I love it. Yeah, got some consistency now. Yeah. Uh, also with the Bills, Deion Dawkins got a five year, sixty million dollar extension, thirty seven million guaranteed. That's a good deal. That's a really good deal. Deion's a he's beast. A, yeah, he's what caught two touchdowns as a lineman. Yeah, he's a decent left tackle for Josh Allen, so I'll take it. It's good to lock down your blind side. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Well, I guess we'll do chronological order for the tight ends. George Kittle <laughs> signed a five-year, $75 million extension with $40 million of it in guarantees. George Kittle, everybody, will yeah. now be paid upwards of $15 million a season. And then every, as soon as that news broke, everyone was like, oh, well, Travis Kelsey's already on the horn with his agent, I would imagine. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, he was on he was on a Zoom call with his agent yeah. um, and everyone on the Chiefs organization. They're like, "Well, there it is, pay up." Uh, Travis Kelsey <laughs> signed a four year extension that'll keep him there through twenty twenty five, worth up to fifty seven million dollars on top of his last two years of his forty. Six million dollar deal he has right now, so I'm not sure what the average is now, what he's up to yeah. for for these seasons. But I would imagine it's around 15 million. I, I would imagine he's kind of floating where George Kittle is. Yeah, now. he's probably right about there. I would imagine. And yeah, that's uh talk about the year of teams is those sh- past couple of days. The teams are just shelling out money. I know the big question is where that where in the F are the Chiefs getting this money from? What What in the world? How? Yeah. (laughs) I don't I don't understand I don't understand it. How how worked over is that contract that they can do that right now and still have signed Patrick Mahomes a a month ago? Yeah, I I don't get it. I mean I, I guess it, it it all has to go with Patrick Mahomes, but there was one point early in the off season where they came out with everyone's cap space and they had like a hundred dollars in cap space. Right. And then it just came out of nowhere. Like, Oh, now we're just going to give everyone mega deals. Like what? 
Uh, uh, we got, I guess, just two quick points here. I see you threw this one in here oh, for uh, the Cowboys games. They yeah. they want fans. They're nuts, they, but go ahead. <laughs> they want fans in the stands. Uh, let's see here. They Tickets will be sold, distributed in seat blocks known as pods to maintain social distance. Um, they're going to maintain the pod integrity by only transferring tickets to families or friends within their trusted group. Uh, they have to wear masks, mobile only ticketing, pay for all food, beverage, parking, retail with a major credit card, no cash, frictionless security scanning, 60 socially distanced metal detectors enter the stadium. I mean, I guess they'll try. They're going to try, and Jerry Jones is going to push it as far as he can. But I think they're dumb for trying to do that. Just everyone stay home. Let the the football happen. We can all watch it on our TVs. Most of us have giant TVs as it is. You you don't need to be there. Just watch it from home. I I don't understand it. I'm not going to any games. Even if they opened up. Oh, if yeah, they opened no. up the Bills Stadium to go to the Bills Seahawks game, I'm just not. It's just, I'm just not going. It's, it's not simple worth the as risk. that. Yeah. It's not. Um, and last but not least, Logan Ryan. I just found that this interesting. Logan Ryan mm-hmm. wants to play safety for his new team after he's he's still looking for a team away from the Titans. He wants mm-hmm. to play safety instead of corner. Um, he wants to open up his. Uh, he wants to showcase his open field skills and be able to rush the passer the passer more. Uh, he says his skill set's similar to Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. And it it's funny because the, the big point here is he was playing safety when he picked off Tom Brady in the playoffs for that pick six. <laughs> so he's already played in that position a little bit. If you want to break right. down his tape, it's not like he's never played safety. Yeah. He just he knows he just knows the secondary. He can play anywhere. So right. I guess he just wants to play more open field and just have more availability to be able yeah, to yeah, play more ball flex- hawk. Right. It gives them more flexibility. Like I feel like that's something like I feel like that's something you would see more often as a corner going to safety. Like they, as they they that way they have like more flexibility in what's going on. And I feel like it's like with his talent at safety, like you know, usually um oh seems like strikeout beer mentioned on and off the field in one of our posts hey strikeout beer shared the stream thanks boys oh nice thanks guys appreciate that um but yeah i feel like if you be uh, he's a premier shutdown mm-hmm. corner so he doesn't get thrown at as much if it's safety oh yeah you know you get to play oh, yeah yeah <laughs> you get to play the whole field i feel like it is it just it's more fun for him i think that right. might be kind of why he's heading in that direction so yeah that's what we have and now we have roughly 20 minutes to do yeah. some fantasy football recap you know if, if we go over we go over we usually do <laughs> but you know we'll see what happens so for our main segment of mock draft recap let's bring in kyle hey What's up, son? i'm doing, doing well. good hanging in there i'm i'm waking up now after we've gone 40 minutes into this i'm starting to get <laughs> Starting to get some of my mojo back. Like the 20 to 25 minute mark, you were really getting getting into a nice groove. Yeah. And once I started getting mad, you know, starting to read some of these things, feel making fun of mental health. I'm starting to get jacked up a little bit. Yeah. So I get we'll 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 show off this episode like, all right, skip to 25 minutes and then we should be good to roll from there on out. (laughs) Feel bad for people that tune in 
Yeah, I'm not really feeling it today. Yeah, they're tuning out. I'll probably edit that out of the episode. We'll figure. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. So we had our mock draft on Tuesday. It was a good time. Um, unfortunately, we can't have Matt with us from Kicking or Sticking Fantasy Podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have. I think we're yeah we were up to four out of six of the people that drafted with us. We have my draft, Fred's. Kyle's and Brandon's from Strikeout Beer. So, who do you guys want to start with? Whose do you want to tear apart? We can start with mine because I got a pretty good point to make as we get going. Perfect. Let's. I'm all, right. all for it. So, are you, you going to put it on the screen or are you just going to read it? I just have it on my phone. Okay. So, I mean, I can. Here you go, guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> they also saw. That. Yeah. I, 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 I could have shared the screen, but you know, here yeah. here we are. This is the moment we're in. We're living in the moment. <laughs> so, for your first pick, and I, this is the one I really just want to talk. I want to talk about a little bit here. Is your first pick was Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and I, I understand it. High powered offense. He's taken over Damian Williams after he opted out. Mm-hmm. He was great at LSU. He can catch the pass. He can run. It, it makes sense, but he's a rookie. He is a rookie. Um, for the most part, I'm trying to avoid a lot of rookie situations this year. But unlike the other rookie running backs, he's actually stepping into a wide open backfield. Like literally the only guy he was supposed to be in competition with opted out. His other competition was also signed to the team this year, DeAndre Washington. Um, so he might split carries a little bit, but they... Andy Reid was really high on him. He's compared him to Brian Westbrook. Patrick Mahomes said, go get this guy. Um, so I'm not really too worried about him fitting in pretty quick. Um, I was picking ninth overall, and I think seven of the top running backs went before me. And I'm trying not to leave the first round or the first two rounds without one of the elite guys. And his ceiling in that offense is right up there with like CMC and Saquon Barkley. Um, we don't know how his talent is necessarily going to transfer over to the NFL level yet, but we know that he's in the best situation possible to succeed. It's a wide open backfield. The Chiefs are going to score points. They're going to move the ball. They're going to be ahead late in games. These are all the things that you kind of want to target for your running back. So, yeah, it's a little nerve wracking to take a running back in the first round, but he went in the first round of the NFL draft. It worked pretty well for people who took Zeke yeah. a couple of years ago when he was coming into the league as a first round pick. So uh, I feel pretty good about him to open things out. Yeah, it make it, it all makes sense. It, there's really nothing. It's just, yeah, it's the nerve wracking point there of will it pan out? Is he everything that everyone thinks he's going to be? So yeah. he's, he's, he's I'm assuming his ADP is the first round at this point. Yeah, now it is. Um, yeah. He was like mid second before the Damian Williams opt out. And now mm. he's catapulted up. Um, and I mean, once you get past the first six or seven running backs, you start getting into guys who have questions about them anyway. So if his only question is really, he's a rookie, we haven't seen him yet. I think that's a little bit better than some of these guys who we have questions about how much they're, how much work they're going to get. So it's right on that same path to me. And and another guy that's kind of in that same scenario is your second pick, Austin Eckler, who I love Austin I love Eckler. Eckler. I love that you can get him in the second round. Um, honestly, I think I was considering him with the Edwards Alaire pick, but thought that um, he would fall back to me, and he did. Um, 
they don't really have anyone who does what he does on the team. Um, they have a couple guys who might be early down grinders, but he proved competent in the red zone last year. They gave him goal line carries, um, and he was on the field a lot. He got a lot of carries and a lot of receptions. Um, I think his touchdowns are destined to come down a little bit um, from where they were last year, but this offense still has a lot of playmakers, and I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, and with how strong that defense is, um, I think that they're going to be in a lot of winning situations or close games, and they're going to really lean on him as one of their easy playmakers uh, for the tie God to take care of. I'm all, I'm all for that guy. I had him on my team last year at one point, just an absolute beast. Um, then you went back to back wide receivers, Amari Cooper in the third round and Terry McLaurin in the fourth round to kind of tag team the both of them. Um, who do you think is going to have the bigger year? I mean, do you trust Terry to have a really breakout sophomore year or are you going to lean on Amari? With that uh, explosive offense, Amari. Um, I think Dallas's offense is going to be second only to the Chiefs this year in terms of probably total yards and total points. Um, I think C.D. Lamb coming in is going to make things a lot easier for Amari Cooper because I don't think you're going to be able to double any of the three wide receivers that they have on that team. It's just going to be absolute hell for defensive coordinators to try to figure out how to cover the three of them. Um, so I think Amari's ceiling definitely goes up a little bit this year. But um, Terry McLaurin reminds me a lot of what Allen Robinson was when he was with Blake Bortles for a couple years in Jacksonville, where the team was just behind by a ton of points and they were just throwing. And it was literally just one guy who was getting all of the work. And I think that that's going to be Terry McLaurin this year. So I think he has a legit wide receiver one upside, but as a wide receiver two in the fourth round, I feel pretty comfortable with him there. Yeah, it's, that's good value there. Um, one of the Cleveland running backs there, and he went back to back here with the running backs as well. Fifth round, Kareem Hunt, and then Ronald Jones in the sixth. You know, if you're playing PPR, which we were, or well, that's what this was set up to be was PPR. I would assume, um, geez, good, good Lord, Nick Chubb went before Kareem Hunt. But if you're playing PPR, Kareem's the kind of the guy you would want to, you kind of want to see, right? He's the pass catcher. Yeah, last year they were both top 15 for the weeks that Kareem Hunt was active. So, like, from I think it was the final six weeks he played or final 10 weeks, whatever it was. Um, and they were both top 15 running backs from that point forward. Um, or were between 15 and 20, actually. So they were both top 20 running backs, but neither had that, like, really standout ceiling. But they were both still very startable. Um, I think he was probably, like, the 25th or 30th running back off the board in this league i didn't count them all and yahoo doesn't give that to you nice and easy um but <laughs> Come on, uh, yahoo. Pretty, i think he's got a pretty safe floor especially in ppr with the receptions um and we talked about ronald jones a lot um a couple of uh, wow almost two months ago now i think when Probably. i first came on we talked about <laughs> yeah. um it's and been a while. <laughs> started to look better for him in tampa bay Keyshawn Vaughn tested positive for covid right away so that was supposed to be his big competition bruce arians has come out and said he's going to be our go-to guy brady has spoken highly of him um his adp continues to rise and rise and rise you used to be able to get him in like the eighth round maybe ninth round and now he's a six six round pick six seven round pick so he was one that i was definitely targeting he's probably the only player in drafts that i'm like i want him on all of my teams this year um, other guys i'm willing to play the value game see who slips who's there but he's one that i'm actively going and trying to get on every team yeah i had him last year on a couple teams i think 
he was like up and just up and down last year. So you could see that his ceiling could be higher because he had a couple of good games in their offense. But now with Tom Brady and the kind of like a re- retooled offense, and now he's there alone. I, I, I yeah, I think he's deservingly his ADP is rising. You should have a good year. Went on a string of wide receivers here. AJ Green in the seventh round, Will Fuller in the eighth, and then Deontay Johnson in the ninth. I mean, yes, AJ I Green's a little bit aging, Will Fuller, your injury history, but I like I, I want Deontay Johnson. <laughs> I'm, I'm steering away from the Steelers. Values. I know you're stealing away from the Steelers. I'm actually steering right for them. <laughs> Man. Uh, they're pretty much all bargains after Ben's down year last year. True. Uh, and just I don't know. I think that he will either stay healthy for the whole year or be healthy long enough that he carries all of their value. Um, yeah, at this point, I had four running backs, which I feel pretty good leaving the draft with four or five, especially in a shallow league that only has 15 uh, spots. So really kind of wanted to lean into the wide receiver values. Um, yeah, and these three guys, I think they're all just in great situations. A.J. Green, all reports are that he's healthy. Um the reports were that he probably could have played at the end of last year, but one, they didn't want to risk his health, and two, they didn't want to risk their draft position. So they sat him out for the whole year. Um, so I'm excited for him to have a year off to really have healed his body. He's in great shape. We're starting to see some training camp videos to come out, although they're heavily edited by the teams, so we don't really know exactly right. what we're getting there. But excited for him. And Will Fuller is the new number one receiver in Houston. Um, we've seen him when he's healthy, he's got 50 point upside. So, um, when he's healthy is a very big if. <laughs> well, if he plays 11 or 12 games, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's uh, fair, especially in a year where we don't know how many guys are going to be missing time due to COVID. Um, I'm more, I'm less injury averse than usual, just knowing that there's going to be so much turnover, especially at the wide receiver position because it's so deep in terms of guys who could fill his role as like a wide receiver three or four on the team. That's, that's fair. I just, every time I've yeah. had him, you know, I'm the kind of guy that he has back to back 30, 40 point games. I pick him up off the waiver wire or something. And then he, you know, he'll get two points and get injured and he's down for the next three weeks. That's what, that's what would happen to me. So I just have a bad blood with, <laughs> with Will Fuller. That last running back you mentioned was 10th round with uh, Daryl Henderson jr. For the Rams who I was big on. I was really big on him, at least before the draft, and they bring in Cam Akers. Um, it'll be, in, you know, it's another rookie running back. I, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I would assume Daryl will get a bulk of the carries until Cam Akers gets comfortable with the offense, maybe breaks out, but it's a good pick. But you got back-to-back Rams here with Jared Goff as your quarterback in the 11th round. That's a good value, but... Do you, so do you really where, like Jared Goff? I earned my B as my grade for my team. Um, I probably should have paid up with the 10th round pick and grabbed Carson Wentz at that point. Uh, the distance between him and Goff on my board is quite significant. But um, I had really wanted to talk about Daryl Henderson because Matt took Cam Akers, and I wanted to play the contrarian oh. Rams running back. <laughs> um, and I'm actually a big believer in Goff this year. Um, his touchdown rate was pretty low this year, uh, or I'm sorry, last year. He had been pretty high in touchdown rate his first two years in the league with McVay. Um, I emphasize with McVay, not before McVay. 
Um, so kind of uh, his dip last year is more attributed to just the fact that the offense just wasn't working for part of the year and that just his touchdowns were low. If you move his touchdowns up to where he had been the previous two years, he's back up right outside of the top 10, inside the top 10 at quarterback. Um, so I think they figured things out the last four weeks of last year. They were willing to let Brandon Cooks go because they had seen the value of having the two tight end sets on the field. Um, and I think he's in store for a pretty good rebound. He's going as like the 20th quarterback off the board. At this point, almost everybody had backups before I took my starter, um, <laughs> which I'm okay with because quarterbacks from like five to 20 are all essentially the same. Like there's three points per game difference, maybe amongst those guys. So it's just such a narrow field when you're measuring quarterbacks there. Um, and it's a pretty streamable position. So if he doesn't get off to a good start and there's a guy on the waiver wire who is doing well, you can mm-hmm. just cancel one out, put the other one right in, and you're doing pretty well. Yeah, that's fair, especially in a 12-team league. Generally, you don't need to worry about quarterbacks too often, I guess. It's always, it's a wasted spot. Like I know when we get to mine, I'm not too happy about what I did with my quarterback, but you went back-to-back Eagles for 12 and 13, Jalen Ragor and Dallas Goddard. I mean, that's that's interesting. It's the Eagles offense, so it's, so, it could be very yeah. high or very low. Uh, Ragor is um, one of two rookie wide receivers I'm targeting. Um, just a lot of opportunity on that team. Um, Alshon Jeffries starting the year on the pup list. Deshaun Jackson's in hot water and is always not – I think he gets more injured than Will Fuller does. So um, okay, we might yeah. be really shining here. It's going to be him and Greg Ward, I believe, on the outside to start the year. Um, and spe- people just speak huge volumes about him. He was at TCU, so a little under the radar in terms of wide receivers. And he didn't have an elite quarterback throwing him the ball, so his stats aren't as like eye-popping as you might want mm-hmm. them to be. But he was still a first-round target from the Eagles. I think they said he was the third wide receiver on their board. Um, and they were able to get him. So wow. I'm pretty high on him. Uh, you can get him in the 12th round right before kickers and defenses. So it's just a pretty flyer. If he doesn't really show anything over the first two or three weeks, you can kind of cut him for whatever waiver wire pickup is out there. Um, and then for Dallas Goddard, he was a top 12 tight end last year um, with all of the flux on the Eagles offense. And I just think he's going to continue to work into Zach Ertz's workload a little bit. Um, and if the Eagles get as injured as they are, or if Ertz goes down, um, he has potential league winning upside as somebody going right before kickers and defenses. And kickers and defenses. Yeah. I guess we don't really need to go into detail. Yeah. It's Denver's <laughs> defense and young Hoku for Atlanta. There you go for anyone who was dying to know. Yeah. <laughs> what did Yahoo give you for your grade? I know it said it dropped you down a little bit for, for golf there but what did it give you i think because i didn't take a backup quarterback and tight end i was uh quite a bit lower than everybody else at the total point threshold um i looked at their projected standings and i want to say i was fourth or fifth um so even with a b i was still projected to finish just outside the playoffs a couple moves during the season you can usually make your way in so uh, pretty good baseline for the team. Like I said, with Edward Solaire and Ed Eckler anchoring the running backs, I feel pretty confident with the two running backs I took behind them. Um, and then Cooper, McLaurin, Green, and Fuller, starting three of those four every week, I feel really good about that. It's not a bad team. I really can't dig yeah. on it. 
That's a good team. So um, just for fun, real quick, let's squeeze it in here for Brandon. He took Devontae Adams first overall, or well, not overall, first round. Yeah. So he took wide receiver first round. It's not bad. Uh, Kenyon Drake, second round, Mike Evans, third round, Mark Andrews, and the fourth round, tight end. Le'Veon Bell, fifth round. T.Y. Hilton, sixth round. Drew Brees, his quarterback, in the seventh round. Then he went Darius Slayton and John Brown in eighth and ninth. Might be a little high for, I don't know, for Giants wide receivers, but that's just me. Latavius Murray in the 10th round. Adrian Peterson in 11, which his stock went up after the Darius Geis release. Baltimore's defense, Brashad Perriman in the 13th round, which his stock went up a little bit. And if you trust Sam Darnold at all, Brashad Perriman will be a good pick. Curtis Samuel in Carolina, and then finishing off with Zane Gonzalez. He wanted me to let everybody know he auto-drafted his defense because he was watching the Sopranos. So he was very <laughs> upset that he drafted auto-drafted that defense in the 12th round. Um, it's a good defense, but yeah. he says they should not be picked until the second to last or last round. He wanted to make sure everyone knew that. So you're, you're welcome, Brandon. I made I just wanted to make sure everyone's on the same page. So let's get to Durf's team. All right. What did they grade you? Uh, Yahoo gave me a B. Okay. Just a flat out B. Just a flat they, B. They gave you a B for first round pick Michael Thomas of the Saints. I mean, yeah. I heard That's it today. Be right there. It, <laughs> and you had what the third <laughs> overall pick too? I'm gonna give it to you now. The yeah. pass on Zeke Cook Kamara. Yep. Yep. Just big oof. Yeah. But, you know, it, <laughs> you got the best wide receiver in the draft yeah. because as someone t- was saying, talking about the points that, that wide receivers scored last year in PPR, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas had somewhere around 380, and the, the number two wide receiver was like 285 or something, like 100 more points than the next yeah. wide receiver. But uh, my I don't have a huge problem with that. My bigger issue comes in the second round when you still <laughs> went wide receiver and got Chris Godwin in the yep. second round. Yeah. How can you justify back-to-back wide receivers in the first and second round? Because every running back that I was targeting in those rounds was already being picked off. So the wide receivers were available. No one was taking them right away. So I'm like, I'm going to jump on a PPR train here, and these guys are going to catch – catch footballs from Breeze and Brady all all season, so I'll take the points. It's not terrible. I mean, they're good players. Right. I start to get concerned when we get to the third and fourth round. (laughs) Now your starting running backs are going to be Melvin Gordon. Yeah. It was a good, you know, he's shown flashes. He sat out. Mm. Um, I don't know. He's, I felt up and down with him. He he fumbles a lot. You've seen him fumble in a lot of situations for the Chargers. Uh, and he also might have to compete with Philip Lindsay a little bit. And then you take Raheem Mostert in the yeah. fourth round, who was also competing for carries. Yeah. It, yeah. Eh, it it doesn't make it doesn't make you grow confidence. I like yeah, Melvin there. I thought it was good value for him. Yeah. Uh Raheem Mostert, I it's just too early for me to take him. Oh, I, I'm yeah. Security in San Francisco. At least they like to run the ball in San Francisco. At least you got that going That's for very you. Very true. <laughs> then you got Cortland Sutton yep. in the fifth round, Denver wide receiver. I mean, I, I almost took him at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might have been my fifth round guy. 
Yeah. Um, I'm 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 hesitant on the Denver offense. There's a lot right. of hype. Yeah, there is a lot of hype, and it it really depends on how Drew Lock comes out out the first week, whether or not that that relationship's there, like it ended last year or not. And then so. if if defenses are gonna double anyone on offense, it's probably gonna end up being Sutton. I would right. imagine since they're bringing in a bunch of rookie wide receivers to play across from. Um, yeah. Then you got Hunter Henry, your tight end, which yep. I found out before Kelsey's contract extension. He was actually the second highest paid tight end in the league at about ten point six million a season. Oh wow! He's a very talented tight end. You just got to yes. watch out for those injuries. Yes, when he's healthy, he is very talented. <laughs> it, that's always the famous line: "If he's healthy." <laughs> Hashtag if he's healthy. Yep. Uh, Deshaun Watson at number uh, the seventh round. Yep. Decent quarterback pickup. That's not bad yeah. for seventh round. It, yeah, I didn't think it was terrible because he's kind of a dual threat quarterback, and you could see that some of the dual threat quarterbacks are starting to get taken off the board. I'm like, well, I need to get at least I need to get one, so I I took him. I, I've had him before. I, I've had off wishy washy results with him, but yeah, it was a mock draft, so I was taking a chance on it. It should be interesting to see his first season without D Hop. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. from Detroit yep. in the eighth round, and then Emmanuel Sanders in the ninth. A two kind of right. I I would imagine there'd be more deep ball kind of people. Mm-hmm. So PPR wise, we'll see. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders has had some injury history. He's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But Michael Thomas will be getting a lot of the attention. Maybe it opens up for some deep balls, a lot of yards, right. a lot of touchdowns yep. that might result in points. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, but Marvin Jones, though, he's very underrated for stats, though, for when it comes to fantasy. So I thought that was a pretty good pickup at an eighth. It was. He yeah. actually is pretty even to Kenny Galladay if you look at their stats over the last 16 games with Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to get him that late is a wonderful pickup. Yeah. So that probably is what gave you your B instead of a C. <laughs> but you got yeah. the guy that I loved last year. Running back is what gave him his B. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> the the guy I liked last year, this he was gonna carry me to the in throughout the playoffs, and then he had his injury was carry on Johnson running mm-hmm. back. And I'm I must I would have assumed he would have been drafted higher this year if they didn't bring in Swift. Yeah, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. So that's probably why he dropped so far. And then you took uh, another. You took the opposite of Carry yeah. Johnson and grabbed the rookie yeah. for Buffalo and Zach yep. Moss. So a couple of running backs there late that could potentially have some decent value. It depends right. on how the offenses work out. Yep. And then Buffalo's defense in the twelfth. A lot of people would yell at you for that, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know where I drafted my defense. I think I drafted my defense high too, so we'll see. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is your backup quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. no. Uh, <laughs> yep. OJ Howard, tight end in the fourteenth, and then Matt Prater for your kicker. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, no. Yeah, I mean he's a. I would say he is a little bit more flashier, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. So all right, that's he's, that's he's a better of... looking Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Oh, you yeah. know that jawline there. Oh, that George Kittle video. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, that's a. But that's yeah, a time. I mean, I jumped on Buffalo in the twelfth round, not only just because I like to get at least one Bills player on my fantasy team. This is something I do, 
But that I knew the defense because of how good they are. Someone was going to st- snatch them up if the, we had because we had a couple auto drafters in the mock draft. So I, it's a little bit of a reach, but I just want to be guaranteed I got it. Well, defenses yeah. in the twelfth round are really fine. It's when yeah. people start taking them in the eighth and ninth round. <laughs> Which happened last year in my work draft. People were taking well, a couple in there. All the time, because people fill out their starters. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. oh, good. I'm good. And they look at this thing, and they're like, oh, so defense is next. And they just go, and they take whatever the top defense is. <laughs> but by the time you pass round 10, you've mitigated most of the value that's being gained. Everybody's just taking flyers anyway. If you feel right. like one defense is going to be that much better than all the others, mm-hmm. go ahead and grab them. From that oh, yeah. point, everyone else is just taking kickers and defenses so you get yep. the guy that you probably would have taken anyway right yeah you don't really want to be stuck yeah. with jacksonville's defense if you wait until like the last round no it's, no it's, don't need it's that it's gonna be a bad time <laughs> um i'll just go through mine you guys can let me know what you think i gave myself the first overall pick um thank you thank you so i took christian mccaffrey i feel like that's yeah. a given i mean yeah I feel like if you're not taking him first overall, is there any objections to that? Have you seen anyone else going first overall? Occasionally, Saquon will. A couple of people right. would think Clyde Edwards Solaire. Oh, God, uh, no. Like oh. After the news, as I think more of a statement more than anything else. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, any of the top four running backs I've seen go first overall, usually it's either Zeke, Saquon, or CMC. But I want to say like 98% of leagues have CMC go first. All Makes right. sense. That's that that yeah, I'm fine with that. Um Kenny Galladay was my second round pick. Uh, I did take my wide receiver there. I probably should have went running back because I ended up someone took Patrick Mahomes and I don't know what came over me. I, I think the clock was running down. Something was just clicking in my head, <laughs> and I ended up taking Lamar Jackson in the third round which forced me in the fourth round to take my second running back, which unfortunately turned out to be Leonard Fournette. Oh, so I, I'm not pleased. We'll say that. <laughs> That's a rough one. It was a rough start for four rounds for you. Cause I'm fading Galladay and Fournette both pretty hard this year. Yeah. I, I trust Galladay. I, I really do. I like but- him. But- a couple of guys I like more is really more what it is. I think he's a fine yeah. player. He'll have a good season. There's just mm-hmm. a couple of guys I would bump up above him. But. And that's fair. But Leonard Fournette, I did not feel. I, I knew when I picked him in the moment, I knew I was. I didn't. I didn't feel good about it. Um, I guess my defense would be if Jacksonville's gonna have an offense, it would have to go through him because what else is there? But DJ Chark, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Uh, I ended up taking Michael Gallup in the fifth round because Amari Cooper was already gone. You took him a couple picks before that. Michael Gallup, still a good player. Um, I don't know for PPR. I don't know what kind of catch rate he has, um, but I know he's a deep ball guy. He's going to get touchdowns. Hmm. Darren Waller was my tight end in the sixth round. Nice. Big Darren Waller guy. Big, big target. Darren Waller is the guy who kicked me out of the playoffs last year in one of my leagues. It was his like three touchdown day that he had. Uh, I was, I was just watching that game. Like, all right, I have a huge lead and Darren Wallers. Uh, <laughs> so if that happens this year, it's going to be me doing it to the other guy. I'm worried about him this year because he, Why? Had, cause he had such target volume last year. Cause they didn't have any other receivers. 
Right. They went out and drafted two guys in like the first two rounds in terms yep. of country runs and Brian Edwards. Um, and Lynn Bowden, who they took later as a receiver running back um, out of Kentucky, I believe. So he's got a lot more target competition this year. They also brought in Jason Witten, for what that's worth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for what that's worth, yeah. That's, um, yeah. Last year he was like the only guy around, and that really allowed him to excel. Um, yeah. What are you talking about? They had Hunter Renfro. Come on. I know. The two of them did amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now they have four or five guys. And I don't yeah. I don't think they throw enough to feed that many guys. That's a fair point. I'll listen to that argument. Thanks for that advice for the real draft. I'll, I'll remember yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> Matt Breida running back in the seventh round from Miami. I mean, he has to compete with Jordan Howard. We'll see how that pans out. I know we talked during the draft on Tuesday that you're big on Jordan, not big on Jordan Howard, but you like Jordan Howard. If I he like stays Howard healthy, he's good. Brita, but at this point, I mean, you're just taking flyers. And if you feel that much better about Brita, I have no problem right. with him. There wasn't a I, whole lot else on the board at this point to yeah. maybe jump up and take. Yeah, I, I, I took Christian Kirk in the eighth round. I'm a huge Christian Kirk fan. If you listen to the podcast, you know that yeah. I'm a huge Christian Kirk fan. And I took Hayden Hurst in the ninth round. So if Darren Waller doesn't pan out, I know Hayden Hurst at least most likely will. If you mm-hmm. know Austin Hooper had a lot of success in Atlanta, Hayden Hurst is going to take that kind of success and just soak all that in. But then I my my I like Alexander Madison, you know Minnesota backup running back to Dalvin Cook. I'm just waiting for him to go down again. It's almost a guarantee. And Madison <laughs> ate last year after Cook well, went down. Well, so I mean, I, I th- that's a good pick. I like those. It's smart to take the handcuff running backs for guys that aren't your running back because it opens you up to more opportunity. Because like right. CMC, who doesn't really have a handcuff, but like if you had taken Zeke instead of taking Tony Pollard to take Alexander Madison, it gives you more opportunity to guys who would be number one running backs. Where otherwise yeah. Pollard is just sitting on your bench. He's literally only usable if Zeke gets injured. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of just sets you up better. It gives your team a little more upside, which is why you probably finished like first in the league here. Oh, did I, I didn't even check standings. I, I didn't know they gave Yahoo. you that. I had to click through some things in Yahoo, but it came up when I was looking for something else. Yahoo's a death trap. I hate it. McCole uh, <laughs> Hardman was my 11th round pick. You know, he's, he's, he's like your third round death chart or the third on the death chart for wide receiver, but. You know, if you wait for someone to go down like <laughs> Sammy Watkins, which is, you know, <laughs> over likely. his career, it's been a giant question mark. He could move up to a number two on that uh, number two role. Uh, this, you know, I took the defense because it was it was the stupid auto drafters taking defenses. So yeah. I really wanted the Chargers defense on my team. I just I have so much <laughs> faith in them. The pass rush is there, especially with Bosa. And then they have Derwin James if he stays healthy. And then they just stacked the rest of that secondary and in in with free agency this year. So I'm that team should be a top three defense without a doubt. I, I just feel like there's no reason they shouldn't be. Um, I only took Ryan Tannehill because Kyle talked me into it on Tuesday. <laughs> hey, if you're going to take a backup quarterback, he's about as good as it gets. Yeah. So if, if he ends up just having this really odd good season, Sure. Let's go and, and Lamar Jackson blows his knee out like RG three did. One game for you, but that's okay. <laughs> if he does really well, you can always trade him to somebody who doesn't have true. a true. Very oh, true. Better piece. 
Um, someone who's not trade bait is probably Justin Jackson, my 14th round pick. His name came up a lot last year. Um, he was running back for the Chargers. He had a couple of spurts. So if yep. something happens to Austin Eckler, just another handcuff there. And then I took my only Seahawk just for fun. Jason Myers, my kicker. So there's the pupper. Yeah, there you go. He wanted to get involved. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Mom went to pick up dinner, so he wanted to say hi. He's getting famous. He's he's famous now. There you <laughs> go. Get your get it. your airtime. <laughs> he does. All right. Well, well, so I mean, that's our full recap. Yeah. So Kyle, thank you again for coming on. I mean, you're probably the guest we've had on most consistently. I like over the entire show ever. So we yeah. appreciate your time. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. Always a pleasure to be here. And thank you for saying what you said about sticking up with people for mental health. Um, oh, yeah. Said more, a lot more in these days, especially with people struggling through mm, everything yeah. going on now. So especially in Twitter where comments just sit there and people check and read them. So big props to you for that. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll talk to you yeah. guys probably Thank in a week. You. Yeah, probably most good. likely. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. And that's our show. Yeah. yeah. Mental health. Very important. Talk to people. Yes. You know, it's very important. I know it's becoming more prevalent these days, and mm-hmm. that's good. Maybe this, if anything comes out of COVID-19, maybe this is it. Yeah. It, it gets people talking about mental health because of all the isolation and everything. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is it. So maybe. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Um, make sure you go to the website on outfield.com. You can go to rtsportsnetwork.com. It just got rebranded, actually. Oh, nice. Design update on the network page. So go check that out. And yeah, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next Tuesday, 7, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, like always. And we have a sign off. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what the lead up's going to be. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I oh, guess. I mean, like whatever say. it's going to be, just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Always address the ball. <laughs> <laughs>